This is the Military Bottom Line Podcast, episode 55. So the most important thing, and this is yeah. this is the key to, to dual military ship, right? You have to have a solid support system. Um, and, and, and our support system is so awesome, it is absolutely ridiculous. Welcome to the Military Bottom Line Podcast, where we learn from veterans and those currently serving how to make the most out of a military contract. We're here to motivate, inspire, and help you leverage your service to positively impact you professionally, personally, and financially during your military career and beyond. What's going on, everybody? Thanks again for tuning in this week. This week, I have a unique show with Dan and Karina Wynn. They are both active duty U.S. Army officers and we talk about how the heck that life works out between deployments and kids and PCSing and moving and different commands. It's a, it's a incredibly dynamic, incredibly dynamic situation uh, where they're both trying to navigate their own careers, trying to figure out what's best for them as a family and what is required of them from the army. Uh, so I think that their perspective, I mean, they've been doing this for a number of years now and they're really on the same page together all the time. They're strategizing every move, every PCS, every program that they take advantage of. Um, they're really, really killing it, both in the military and what they're doing out of the military. Um, Dan is a co-host of the Military Cashflow Podcast with Mike Glatsby, who I had on a couple episodes back. And uh, you know, they're they're using the military to fund the future life that they want as they continue to uh, invest in real estate, build businesses, and uh, prepare for that retirement that they're both going to have an active duty retirement. So they're they're really thinking ahead, strategizing their programs used and their time in service. So definitely check out this episode all the way through. Enjoy it. Learn from them. And if uh, if the military couple thing is something that you guys are interested in and want uh, kind of more advice on, definitely reach out to them. So enjoy. Good morning, Dan and Karina. How you guys doing? Doing great. Doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. Awesome. So thankful for you guys to be joining me on this Sunday morning. Uh, I know you guys were up a little bit earlier than I was, but uh, I'm stoked to be connecting with you guys and hearing your story this morning. Absolutely. Definitely, man. Thanks for uh, allowing us to come on the podcast, man. We've been listening to uh, the bottom line for a little while now and enjoy enjoy the... Uh, the different nuances that you bring and, and, and information you bring to to other service members that are thinking about getting in or even if they already are in and there might be a little bit little tidbits of information that they pick up off of different episodes that they can apply to their lives. So um, I think it's great what you're doing, man. It's awesome. Absolutely. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm excited to hear y'all story. I mean, you guys are both active duty army right now. Is that correct? So that brings a, a super unique perspective that I have not yet had on the show. And certainly that comes with some advantage, advantages and disadvantages, I'm sure. Uh, so I'd love to kind of like hear how each one of you got, you know, started in the army and uh, how you guys like met and decided to do it together. Yeah. We'll let the geezers go first. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been a while. So um, I don't actually come from a, a military family, meaning like my, my dad or, or none of my like parents or anything were in the military. Um, I'll start it with my oldest sister who joined the military and she was 18 um, and kind of got all of her sisters to join. Um, 
So I joined when I was 19. Um, wanted, I had already done a, about a year and a half um, in college and uh, wanting to pay for college <laughs> since I had run out of money very quickly. Um, I joined the reserves uh, in order to kind of preserve that traditional or that traditional college experience. So um, I went to basic in 2008. Um, then obviously I went uh, to AIT and into straight into a reserve unit um, and kind of back to college. Uh, I abruptly left college and went to Florida um, and uh, moved to Orlando um, where mo- most of my family is located. And uh, then I met Dan at the University of Central Florida um, in the ROTC program. Cool. Okay. So it was in college that you guys met? Yeah. Both. And you guys were both in ROTC at that point? Uh, when we met, yes. Um, she has a very unique story because yeah. she, she actually left ROTC and then did some other things. And, you know, I guess we can definitely get into that. Um, but yeah. we'll, we can, I guess we'll start it at the, I'll tell my journey up to the point where we met and then Perfect. we can kind yeah. of go from there. So, so I did come from a military background. My dad was in the Navy, retired out of the Navy. I spent most of my time on the East coast, um, up and down the East coast. Um, we lived in Rhode Island, Norfolk and, and mostly Jacksonville. We kept going back to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so I grew up on the post and everything like that. And, um, that's how I was introduced to the military. However, I never planned to join the military. I always said I was going to be a businessman and that's kind of where, where I, what I wanted to do. Right. Um, I went to college. I went to university of central Florida. Um, I went my first year and I, and I wrestled that first year. And then, um, through doing that, not having any money. And, you know, if you know anything about university of central Florida, it's a very, very big party town, a big party school. Uh, well, I partook in that a lot. So, uh, those 7am classes were not ideal for me (laughs) and I ended up dropping out after my first year. So I dropped out and I I did the nine to five grind for like two years and realized that's, that's not what I wanted to do. Um, throughout that process, I picked up that rich dad, poor dad book. And, you know, he talked a lot about, um, you know, passive income. And like, so I figured out a way to, um, what's the best, what's the best way for me to, to me, for me to do that and um, still make an income. And he talked about how he joined the Marines, right? So I went to the Navy recruiter mm. to uh, join the Navy like my dad, right? And the recruiter said, hey, go check out the ROTC program. Because even though I dropped out, I had good standing. Uh, within, uh, I, was, I still had good, uh, good eligibility um, at UCF. So I went back. They didn't have Navy. I checked out Army. They were offering money. And here I am. So... <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So you both joined pr- like primarily for the financial reasons of paying for school and kind of like getting that head start. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Karina, I- I'm curious how people make the decision between the guard and the reserves. What made you initially go reserves instead of guard? No one said anything about the guard. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and, which is like very common. I feel like that's a, that's a common answer. Yeah, no, it, no one says anything. No one said anything to me about the guard. It was like, uh, I came in and I was like, I want, my sister told me like, Hey, cause she was active duty. Um, and I had my, I had another, I'm the youngest of, of, uh, four, four girls mm-hmm. and, um, another older sister of mine had joined, uh, the reserves, uh, probably six or seven years prior. Um, and she was able to join the reserves and then go back to Florida state Um, And so that was kind of the route that I was looking to take. So I, I went in saying like, Hey, this is exactly what I want to do. 
and they just kind of were like, okay, that that's fine. It was 2008. So they didn't really care sure. where I went. <laughs> they were able to like sign me on. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's how, that's how I, I found myself in, in the reserves. And I think, um, it was a, uh, a very good accident. Um, because in meeting Dan, obviously we were, we were traveling around and it, it allowed me to transfer units pretty easily, which I think people, um, don't really think of mm-hmm. or think about when they, um, when they go to, when they go to the guard, it, it just, it's a little bit more, um, it's a little bit harder. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. So Karina, you were enlisted in the reserves first while going to school. And yes. then Dan, you basically commissioned through the ROTC program. And that was your first experience in the military was ROTC and then commission. Right. And so wh- where did, where did, like, what's the timeline of you guys both commissioning and going active duty? What, what year did that happen for you guys? That's the fun part. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, when she joined our, when she joined ROTC the first semester, I was in my, I think my second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we started talking, we started dating, and then she immediately deployed. She did, you know, yeah. immediately deployed, right? Yeah. Um, I continued on with ROTC and I ended up commissioning 2012 um, while she came back from deployment and she finished up school and then she went to law school. Um, I, I PCS in my first duty station. I, I did uh, did the Fort Benning schools and stuff like that. PCS in my first duty station was um, Fort Stewart, Georgia, where we're at again now. And then she wanted to go to law school. So um, she pursued that option. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So 2012, Dan commissions. Um, 2014, I graduate from college and meet Dan at Fort Stewart. Um, not meet Dan, but we obviously are living together at Fort Stewart. Um, sure. And then I decide to, we have our first kid, right? We have our first kid. On the side of the road. On the side of the road. Oh, man. <laughs> you you delivered a baby on the side of the road. Yeah. I can, I, we just had our first kid and I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> Unreal. It was <laughs> not on purpose. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Nobody does that yeah. intentionally. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, no. So 2014, um, I graduate, we have a child. Um, and then 2015 is when I start law school. Dan's still at, um, still at Fort Stewart. Then I graduate, um, in 2017, in order to, I move up my graduation, I graduate early in order to meet timeline with him to go to, no, not South Carolina to go. Yeah. To go to Fort Jackson, South Carolina for his captain's career course. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, And then I actually don't take the bar. Oh, I take the bar a few times actually. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. Didn't go well the first time. Yeah, it didn't go well the first yeah. time, right? Um, so I take the bar a couple of times and um, we get in there, right? We, we get mm-hmm. in there. I get picked up for JAG. Um, and then I actually commissioned in August of 2019. So so help me understand. So you did ROTC, graduate undergrad, but didn't take commission yet? And no. then did a separate program to go to law school? I, 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 all over the place. I'm all over the place. So <laughs> hey, I feel like that all the time, so I can appreciate it. <laughs> so when I actually um, joined ROTC, I didn't actually contract because I was on um, active duty orders with my reserve unit. So I spent 12 years um, as a reservist and about six years of that was active duty time. Huh. So for I deployments had, and such. 
one deployment, only one deployment. The rest of the time was at my, um, I was at a, like a one-star command, um, that required, you know, a full-time staff without actually having a full-time staff. So they put a lot of people on active duty orders. So I had a super sweet gig, um, as a full-time paralegal, uh, also being able to go to school in Orlando. Like I could not have asked for a better situation. Wow. Wow. Yeah, no, I couldn't have asked for I couldn't have asked for a better situation. So I did spend a lot of time um, in that unit. I spent a, I spent about seven years in that unit, um, and I was on active duty most of the time that I, w- I was in that unit. So I did okay. a couple of years. I deployed. I came back, um, and when I came back from deployment, my my what I really wanted to do was just stop working full time at my unit and go ROTC and commission and like. Um, but once I got there. Um, and I, I went to contract, they wanted, um, the PMS wanted me to take on a, mi- a minor and extend my contract and, and graduate. Like, I think it was a year or a year and a half later than huh. what I really needed to. And I just, I, I felt at the time that I was already very old. Um, yeah. so I was, I was 20, I think I was 24. Okay. At the time, and I was like, I have already spent so long <laughs> in college. I cannot take a minor. I cannot stay any longer than yeah necessary. So if I have to go to OCS, um, then, then, then that's what I'll do. So I ended up not contracting when I came back, um, and just went, um, essentially like as a, as a night student, um, and worked full, full time at my reserve unit until I graduated. Wow. Okay. Okay, man. So, I mean, the, the question that I'm getting this, I'm sure a lot of people listening would get this too, is like, are you guys in the same location? Like how, how it sounds a little scattered. So like where, how much this time period were you actually together and, and or separated? So over the, I would say we, we spent most of the time together. I mean, yeah. the only time we were apart was one when she was deployed. Right. But mm-hmm. we, were, we weren't even married during that time. So we were dating yeah. when okay. she came back um, and to finish up school that time through uh, she came back in 2010, I think 2011. Uh, 2011 to through basically the end of 2012, we were together um, in Orlando, and then I went off to to uh, I bullet to infantry bullet, and at Fort Benning, she stayed back. Like she, it, it wouldn't really even if she was there, we really wouldn't have been together because you're out in the field all the time, and then sure. went to right after that, and then airborne school and all these all these other other things. So, you know, I was at Fort Benning that time. We were separated. And then I moved to Fort Stewart. Um, in September. To, yeah, in September. And I think she joined me like not the following too long. following May. Yeah, not too long after that. And then we were at Fort Stewart for the for five, no. for four years. From 2013 to 2017. Okay, so. Four years. So four years, for four and a half years or so, we were there together the entire time. Okay. So there was, there was a few parts where we were, we were separated, but it really wasn't, one, it wasn't by that far in distance. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't that long in time. And the first kid didn't happen until you were both at, at Stewart? Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. So that that dynamic didn't, you know, play out simultaneously. That would that would have made things pretty difficult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, the story the story is, you know, it's, it's all over the place. So it's not a cookie cutter thing. And I think yeah. that to all audience, like definitely to your audiences, there's no one track, you know, one perfect line trajectory into getting exactly where you want to. It's not always going to be that way. So if it doesn't, if you're thinking you're too old or you're thinking, mm. you know, <laughs> if you're thinking you're too old or you're thinking, you know, you're, you're not on timeline with your peers or whatever, 
don't let that stuff stop you because um, you, you yeah. can you can always do uh, continue to push forward, right? And 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 do great things and end up where you want to ultimately be at. Because in the in the the grand scheme of life, man, like one year is just a blip. Oh my like goodness! It, yeah, it's just a blip. So okay, who cares? You take a back seat. I dropped out of school for two years, mm. right? Who cares? Yeah. What, was it hard going back to school after dropping out for two years? I mean, it's school is one of those things. Like once you stop that momentum, going back is pretty miserable. So, like, what was that like for you? It was. It, it wasn't very hard actually, because um, although I was out of school, I was still in a school environment, right? So mm. I stayed in Orlando when I dropped out. I, I, I dropped, and I, I was still living in a college, uh, like. A college student apartment, apartment, student yeah. apartment, right? So okay. I have my own room and and everything like that. But I was just making full time pay, paying student, you know, six fifty, <laughs> six fifty a month. I was like literally living for the most part, like getting the feel of what a nine to five would feel like, what it would what it would be, um, and uh, that it, it it wasn't very hard to go back to school because most of my peers, everybody I talked to, were always talking, you know, uh, about the work that they're doing. It, it really wasn't that. It, w- yeah. it wasn't that much. Uh, gotcha. It wasn't that hard. What did you do for a nine to five during that period? I worked for Cox Enterprises. Better know. Well, I worked for uh-huh. AutoTrader.com um, <laughs> at Cox Enterprises. Right. So gotcha. um, initially, when I worked there, you, I don't know if you guys remember the Auto Trader magazines. Like, there's verbiage in there. I used to be the guy that typed those, typed those, and then, then take the picture and create the little, you know, that. That's so funny. I worked for uh, a, a company under Cox Enterprises. Um, yeah, a similar auto marketing. It was, it, it sucks. (laughs) Great company, great company. Uh, but the, the job was not, that was not for me. So I can, I can understand and appreciate why you'd be like, all right, let's go back and figure out something else. So really the big big pushes, they moved to Atlanta, they shut us down. So it kind of forced me to make a decision. (laughs) That helps too. That helps too. All right. So, so how has the dynamic of being married active duty, uh, played out for you guys? Like what, did you have expectations going into this that the army was just going to be whimsically sending each one of you separately around the world or what, I mean, how, how did you envision this playing out compared to how it has actually played out? So first off, we are planners. Mm-hmm. Um, like we, we plan everything out. We've got spreadsheets, we've Galore. got five year, <laughs> like five year plans that, okay. you know, just ridiculous. Right. I like uh, and so myself, it's so, so I'm a JAG. Mm-hmm. My core is pretty small and our branch managers um, are separate from, from all the other branch managers. We try to make ourselves very special. I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so I already kind of knew um, and being a paralegal already being kind of in the, in that JAG core family um, and having a lot of contacts, I already knew that um they are very family friendly, very willing to work with dual military. So I kind of knew like out the gate, we were probably going to be able to be um, stationed together at least. Um, the issue that we're finding now as, as we plan further and further ahead um, is as we become field grade officers, our, um, our assignments become shorter and shorter. Mm. And they, because I'm in a very small branch, he's in a very small branch as a finance officer. Um, there may not be locations where we can both be at the same time. Gotcha. Um, but right now we're company grade officers. Um, for me, you know, Jack captains are a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so I can pretty much go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's flexible. So yeah. at this point, you guys have been in for, I mean, what year is it? 21. So like 10 plus years each. Uh, I've been in for um, coming up on nine and Karina's nine. been in for a while. 14, She's almost 14. Yeah. Yeah. So with that dynamic of becoming field grade officers and shorter stints, and like, do you guys both envision finishing out the 20 or what's your thought moving forward? Yeah, that's the plan right now. So, um, again, going back to the planning thing, we're, we're looking at our, um, our financial security and what, what, what it would look like as, you know, both retiring, uh, both mm-hmm. getting half our BH, both of us getting half our BH, and then both of us likely getting disability. Um, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> we're kind of broken. We're you know already I mean? broken. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so and, and then what, what that looks like together. And then we're getting that for the rest of our lives, free yeah. dental, free healthcare, everything like that. So yeah. um, looking at what that would look like for us, we would truly be able to really retire in the conjunction with other, other things that we're doing on the side as well. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, it, it, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's where we're at right now. The, the issue is Karina kind of already talked about a little bit more is as we continue to progress in rank, those positions that are available for uh, those specific ranks, those higher ranks, uh, they, they start to dwindle. So you might have, mm-hmm. like now I'm a finance officer. I was an infantry officer. I used to be a, uh, I used to be an infantry and then I transitioned over to, to being finance. Um, now that I'm a finance officer, um, you might have one finance 04 or 05 on an installation, mm-hmm. right? it starts to create an, an issue. Yeah. The same thing with, with Jag as well. You might have one or two um, per installation. So now yeah. it comes branch mm-hmm. managers have to talk, coordinate. We have to talk, coordinate and figure out how we're going to sync this together. Mm-hmm. And at some point we understand, well, we, we already understand that um, our careers will, as Queen likes to put it, ebb and flow um, yeah. where it's a little give and take. So she sure. might be in a, a key developmental position, like a, a very, um, like a trial counsel, right. Like, That's pretty, um, for, yeah. for the, for Jags, like being a, being a litigation attorney or being a, a trial counsel, so to speak, will be, um, An very, position for yeah, her. a very important position, but also very, um, very time consuming, very heavy. Mm. Uh, and so, the things that we kind of think about are, all right, when, when am I going into a position that's really heavy, then he probably needs to take a position that's pretty light. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. And so we'll, we kind of, we, we will try our best to kind of ensure that our, um, that our positions kind of ebb and flow, which is great because he is, um, he's a few year groups of he- ahead of me. Like I said, um, I commissioned in 2019, mm. uh, as a first Lieutenant. And so, I don't look at major until I think 2025 or 2026 gotcha. and he's, looking, you know, he's, he's looking at it here in the next year. Right. So mm-hmm. that's helpful for us, I think. Yeah. So you don't hit that mark at the same time where it's like both of you guys kind of get uprooted and have to not exactly. restart, but kind of like a, a significantly different, ca- different category. So exactly. exactly. I, I remember when I was active duty, there was uh, you know, like similarly dual military couples where they, they, couldn't both be located on the same installation or same base. And so, you know, they got placed at in like one area. So I was in San Diego and like one would work out of Miramar, one would work out of Pendleton and they just find a place to live in the middle where they both commute, you know, something, something a little bit longer than ideal, uh, especially with that traffic out there. But there, I mean, there's flexibility in that too. Like even if you're not at the same base, there's still um, this, you know, similar location that could just 
and in longer um, commutes. Yeah. So. And that's something that we've discussed as well. For us, I think the, um, that, that sweet spot would be uh, probably DC. It's mm. somewhere where um, I could probably be yeah, for a while. And so could he. Yeah, so yeah. there's major installations like for, for the army, like Fort Bragg and Fort Hood and, and DC um, that there's a lot of opportunity for, for different uh, like, so Fort Bragg, there's probably on a three or four, you know, oh fours and there's probably more than that, but oh fours and oh fives. So you got different, uh, different, um, units there that, that offer that. So, yeah. What, what would you say is like the biggest advantage and disadvantage to being a dual military couple like this? I think the biggest advantage for me, all right, is uh, that we each know each other's struggles. We each know what what our day to day is like, yeah. right? Sometimes you'll hear uh, one of the common problems that I hear uh, with other soldiers that are married to just civilians is, you know, hey, my wife doesn't understand what you know what we're doing here. She thinks I'm not doing anything, or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Or it could yeah. be the other way around too, where I don't know what my wife does all day. She doesn't do anything at all, you know, all day while I'm sitting here doing this, right? Yeah. Well, we do. We know we know exactly what we're both doing. We both yeah. know the lingo, the terminology. Like I yeah. can say things, and she understands, right? So, mm-hmm. um, it, it just that communication opens up um, a little bit more, and, yeah. and we're able to communicate a little bit more effectively because we we understand each other's struggle, and, and we're mm-hmm. we're both in it together. Um, being at the same unit as well is a huge oh, advantage yeah. because um, being dual military, being military in general, dude, you, you get so many days off a month like you get three day or a four day off a month it's you know both of us now have that time off whereas as she was a civilian those four days or those that block leave period or exactly hard for me to sync that up with her civilian career or vice versa she it would be hard for me to sync that up if i was a civilian with her military uh, uh time off but now we're both together so it's fairly easy that we both get those uh times off of the same uh the same uh, same time so we can enjoy that time with our family. So, yeah, I think, um, <clears throat> career wise for, for me being an attorney, um, being in the military with Dan it is just so much easier than having Dan in the military. And then me trying to be an attorney on the side, on the yeah. side, in the civilian <laughs> sector. <laughs> sure. Um, because obviously every place that we go, I've got to get licensed, um, in that state or in, mm-hmm. you know, in that jurisdiction. Pass the bar. I have to, well, yeah. Again, for every state, you'd have to pass the bar. Exactly. And so it would be so so much harder for me to to do that as we're moving Mm. here and there and there. But he transfers, Mm. I transfer, right? It just, it's it's a lot, it makes it a lot easier. um, I think both on on, on both of us, but also um, career-wise, right? It allows me to establish a um, longevity, Right. And in, 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 in one career. Right. So. So that's a really good point. You guys mentioned a couple of things. So one, I want to ask you, so you're at the same unit right now. How does that work? Wait, <laughs> Dan's like saying, yes, Karina's like kind of shaking her head. Installation. Yeah. yeah. Same. So same division, okay. um, different like actual units. I say that there's a difference because we were actually in the same brigade. We actually deployed last year together. I was, so I was going to ask that, like what happened, like if you're in the same unit and you can deploy at the same time, how does that work with the kids? I mean, if you're gone for months or a year plus. So the most important thing, and this is, yeah. this is the key to, to dual military ship, right? You have to have a solid support system. Um, 
And, and, and our support system is so awesome. It is absolutely ridiculous. So not, not only does all of, uh, she has, uh, three sisters and yeah, two sisters, three sisters, three sisters. She has three sisters and all of them are somewhat military affiliated. Two of them are dual military couples. One was married to another service member. Everybody knows the situation. We all know, you know, what we go through. So it's easy to, um, to, I, this sounds bad, but like, not pass our kids off, but like, leave you know, our kids, like, like, <laughs> leave our kids so, with them. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's a, uh, the village will wait, raise the children. So, yeah. um, we're on the, uh, with her sisters, at least we're, we're the youngest. So, um, the other, the other siblings, when they did, when they've been dual military and they've deployed at the same time, mm-hmm. they usually pass them off to one of the el- other elder um, yeah. uh, uh, of the elder children. Yeah. So we haven't had to like take any kids and their kids are older anyway. So sure. we just haven't had to do that yet, but our kids are so young. We've been able to, um, uh, yeah. hand them off to her sisters. And then also my parents, um, again, my dad knows this, he knows the drill, man. He's, he was in the military. He's deployed yeah. a bunch of times. Right. And, um, we can pass them off to my parents. My dad is retired. So, you know, he's just chilling. <laughs> he's just chilling. So he, you know, and they love, they love spending time with their grandkids. I know that they're safe. I know that they're, uh, they're continuing to get a great education. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and they know it, it we, we're able to just finagle that. Right. So yeah. have that rock solid support system that, that is, that yeah. is key without that. We would, there's no we, way we'd, we'd be able to yeah to do this either right? like i likely would not be in the military if we did not have a a, a solid support system so yeah. how long have you had to like what's the longest you've had to pass the kids off or hand them off six months six so, months yeah so we went last year we went to um poland and germany mm-hmm. uh, with uh with with our brigade and um i left it was a disaster because he was pcsing um to fort stewart while i was at fort stewart getting ready to leave covid hit he oh, was man. stuck. Oh, it was, it was, it was an absolute mess. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, we were able to, um, leave our kids with, um, with his parents, um, for half that time for, well, not half that time, most the whole time. Okay. Well, yeah, never mind. All right. Yeah. Hmm. So how, how do the kids handle that? I mean, to lose both parents for six months uh, as young kids, like, do they, I mean, how, how old are your kids now? Do they understand that? I mean, how do they re- react? Yeah. So that, so they're five and six. Um, okay. and uh, like me speaking to it because I literally lived, I, I didn't live through both of my parents leaving, but I mean, mm-hmm. my dad was, was, you know, was gone a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, um, I don't know how much, um, it, I wouldn't, I, I, I just don't think that it affects them, um, negatively as much. Of course you want to have a presence in uh, sure. your children's life. Now, uh, we were lucky in the sense that we had Wi-Fi, we had everything. So it was, we were talking literally every single day yeah. video. It wasn't yeah. like when I was a kid, you know, my dad would have to pick up the phone call whenever he get, when I would have to pick up the phone from mm-hmm. a paper. You guys remember those, when, <laughs> you know, whenever he could, and we'd have to, you know, talk on the home phone. You don't talk for maybe 15 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Now you got video, there's so much technology, so many ways to like, to uh, reach out and, and, and talk to people at any given time during yeah. the day. So yeah. um, I think, I don't think we were missed. I'm not gonna say missed. I don't think it was um, as huge of an effect as it possibly would have been had this happened 15 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. During the technology, like we had 15 or 20 years ago, right? Um, 
So I think, I think uh, they were, they were good. And then they were with grandparents the whole entire time. So it wasn't even like, you know, they got to play with their cousins and things like that. So I don't, I I don't think that it was a, uh, I'll be honest. I don't think we were missed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's probably maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, they're just um, like, they're just so resilient. And I think, you know, um, especially because it's not like we're sending them across the country to grandparents that they only see Mm. maybe once a year. Sure. Um, we are in very close proximity to um, to his parents, and we're still in pretty close proximity to my to my sister. Okay, both my sisters and my mom actually, and because they get to see their cousins um, and you know their their aunts and their uncles very uh, very often, it just felt like another like another trip I think mm. to them, you know. Nice. Nice. Um, but this time they had to go to school, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm also curious. You said you together went to Poland, Germany, unfortunately, like during COVID. So that probably took away some of the fun, but where, like, how did that play out? Cause I know, and you know, I know people look forward to the deployments at, at times, like to, I don't want to say get away from the family, but like change it up. They go hang out with the boys and or girls or whatever they're doing. Um, being deployed together. Was that like, was that uh, going to put you on the spot? Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, did you want to hang out with the guys or hang out with the girls? Or did you find opportunity to go explore together? Like, how, Well, was while that I like? was in the field, he left for six weeks and okay. got to hang out in Wiesbaden and do fun things while yeah. I got to go to the rainy, cold field. No, resent- no resentment there, I'm sure. Yeah, not at all, right? <laughs> um, he did tell me I picked this life, so there's that. <laughs> But no, 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 no. It actually was really, really fun. Um, for me, at least I don't know about you, but no. I had a great time. Not only like, not only just like deploying, right. Cause it, yeah. I, I, it's, it's always fun to kind of get out of the house and like, you sure. know, have an environment. Um, but being able to actually see him in action and see him like, as like the officer that other people see him as, mm. uh, I only see him as Dan, right. Like the guy that I live with, yeah. uh, but like actually being able, because we were actually on the same staff. So we reported to the same commander um, and we were on the same very like small, small staff. I was at S8 and she was the the BJ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so watching him brief for me, at least was pretty cool <laughs> because it was some, it was, I had never seen him kind of in that space. So cool. I, Cool. That was pretty cool. I mean, I, I thought it was a pretty sweet. We we lucked out. I mean, we just yeah. a lot of the stuff that's happened to us so far. We, I mean, we, it's it's been a lot of like, you know, us um, like willing into existence, mm. right? Yeah. But but in it and it's ended up working out. So for example, a lot of dual military couples, if they deploy together, they don't get to see each other every day. Mm. They definitely don't get to live together. They definitely don't get to be on the same staff, you know. But we got to do all three. So mm. we were living together we're literally seeing each other every single day wake up go work out together if we want to go do laundry together stuff like that and then on top of that we're on the same staff so again we knew exactly what we were what we were dealing with right so um we got to share those same experiences and go through something together which was absolutely amazing i couldn't have have asked for a better a better situation yeah that that brings up an interesting question because like everybody's experience in the military varies obviously um and it sounds like you guys have had awesome experiences thus far do you feel like that is because of luck or because of your own adaptability and 
I don't know, personality? I think it's combination. Okay. So there's Uh, luck involved. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think that if you go in with the right mindset that, or not the right mindset, with the mindset that um, you're going to adapt to kind of your environment and you're going to adapt to the, you can adapt to the people around you, right? Mm -hmm. And the type of leadership that you have um, to a certain point, right? You're not going to change who you are. Uh, but if you've got you, if you've got that that ability to adapt, I think it it makes things a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable. Mm. Uh, I for I for one love my job, right? Like I I just I can't I can't get enough of it. So <laughs> there's that. Nice, nice. Not many people can say that, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it was a little annoying trying to peel her away from her, you know, peel her away from the desk. But it was just me and her. <laughs> know that big of a deal yeah. like hey i'm trying to watch the office you know let's uh yeah. <laughs> about that time trying to grill something you know it's about that time well, you got to do this little extra work you know yeah. but um but yeah i think that it was um it, it's definitely a combination of both but i do think that there's a lot more will uh, us willing things into place mm. than uh than than luck to be honest mm. yeah. um so, so we again going back to us being planners we are heavy planners right mm. and it's necessary because of the way that our lifestyle right we have to plan um as much ahead as uh, ahead as possible and then you start to put yourself in situations that that can help your plans come to fruition for example um I should have been at Fort. I should. I, I shouldn't have even been on that deployment. And she actually probably shouldn't have been in sec, at Second Brigade. That should have never really happened. Had we just not planned and just let it go, mm. we we probably might be in Korea right now. Yeah. Right. So um, the reason that happened yeah. is because um, I wrote the brigade commander uh, here uh, and let and I talked with my former brigade commander. This I I was stationed at Fort Drum, New York. I talked to my former brigade commander and I was in command at that time. And I was like, Hey, you know, uh, second brigade down at third ID is about to come up with an appointment. My wife's there right now. We have an opportunity to do this. This is how I foresee this going. This, I would like your support in doing this, right. Got that support. And then email brigade commander down here. Hey, Hey, I've, I've been to this unit. I've, I know a lot about this unit. Um, I'd be excited to come and work for, for you. Here are my, here's my resume. Essentially. Yeah. Um, I would love to come and work for you. You know, got a great, you know, email. Um, I got a great uh, response on that end. And now you have both sides kind of helping make your plan come to fruition. Right. Mm-hmm. And then on the Karina side, on this side, I'm talking, I know that there is an opening for a JAG to go with this brigade. Um, but I also know that there are two upcoming deployments. So there's a deployment to Poland and then there's a deployment to Korea. Then there's a deployment to, to Kuwait that are also coming up. And I know that, not I know, my thought process was if I don't ask for this deployment to Poland that my husband mm-hmm. is going to go on, I'm probably going to go either to Korea or Kuwait. And those timelines don't match up, right? Yeah. That was another huge piece that I think a lot of other dual military couples, if you decide to do this or if you, you know, you're planning, maybe your wife's thinking about coming in is that, that deployment cycle. So one of our, our, uh, our sisters, right. She's their dual military as well. They were stationed here. And unfortunately at one point they got on different deployment cycles. One mm-hmm. was gone, one was back. One oh, was gone, man. back. Yeah. So we saw this opportunity like, Hey, we got to make this work wow. this happen so that we can stay on the same deployment cycle so that we don't get deployed. So we don't have this happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, like that's what I mean by willing it, but obviously there's some luck that comes into play with it as well, because mm-hmm. you got to have that buy-in from both sides and yeah. from all, 
you know, from four sides, really like, I mean, her commander, my commander, my previous commander, and then branch managers, like all have to be in coordinating, but it, it's yeah. up to you to make that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. to will that into existence. Yeah. Dude, uh, I love it. I mean, so many, like so many people miss out on the opportunity to like really strategize their military career. And like, they think uh, like, yeah, it's, I'm surely all of that took a lot of work to make it happen. But the other side of that coin is like being on the flip flop deployment schedule. That's going to be a lot of work. That's going to be a lot of stress. It's like, well, which would you prefer work now and stress now or work and stress later when you're not together. So yeah. like the opportunity to strategize your military career. And, you know, I don't want to say like, because it's not being selfish with it. You still have, you're still putting the mission first. You're still filling those needs that are needed in the army. Um, and it's, so it's like, it's just kind of mutually beneficial at that point. Yeah. And that's that. I mean, I think that, I, I think that, I don't know about your commanders, but I know that my, um, my boss saw that was like, okay, well, you're right. There is an opening. Like, it makes sense for you yeah. to go instead of these, you know, these other two, you know, people that I'm thinking about. Mm -hmm. so, so they're, they're really willing to work with you and your family needs as long as it's not leaving a hole in a deployment. And I mean, they're, they're willing to work with you. That's awesome. One thing I will say about the military is that there's a new, uh, a new um, mission being pushed right now. It's called people's for people first. Right. Mm. Um, and, and if you're in the army, I know you, you've heard of it, heard, yeah. heard about it. And like, there are a lot of people are, are really, really taking that, that seriously. I've had, I've been fortunate to work with most of the commanders I've, I've worked with so far have, have legitimately, um, uh, like legitimately taken that on and, and, and been charged with that and actually live that. Right. Like mm. our and he like literally oh, lives yeah. at people first and he really means that right of course you know the mission you know the mission's first for for sure but if i can help someone out while still maintaining the mission then that's what i'm going to do right it just mm -hmm. makes for a a um a more productive environment if you think about it would you rather have somebody that's miserable like trying to trying to you know do a mission for you or trying to complete a task for you yeah. or would you rather have someone happy and grateful that you allowed them to to come to a certain location and complete these tasks right mm. you're probably going to get a different a level of work or a different type of work out of one individual over the other so yeah yeah i think that i mean obviously it's a it's a work in progress both in the civilian world and military world to put people first. But I, I think now like with internet, with all these opportunities, very obvious to people, there's all like people can leave, they can find something else. Like if, if they're not being treated well, or if the opportunities they want aren't there, um, then they can leave and go somewhere else. So people, I feel like that, you know, you have to ensure a level of satisfaction and um, like comfort and enjoyment in what you're doing. And if like, you know, you're not putting the people first, they're going to leave or they're going to do a crappy job, you know, until they leave kind of thing. You're hundred percent. Like everything that we're talking about right now is easily translatable over to the civilian sector. I mean, I dropped out for two years. I worked the nine to five gig. You're going yeah. to deal with bull crap wherever you go. Oh yeah. Literally. It doesn't matter if you're in the military. Yeah. There's, there's some bull crap in there and, and you have less, you have um, less of an ability to, to say, all right, I quit. Like you can't just, I quit and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm done. It's going to really, really affect you. Whereas yeah. civilian tech, you can, but either way, you're going to need to, uh, for, for most people in the, for most people, you, you need some kind of income, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and you're either going to have to take the bull, the bull crap from the civilian sector, or, you know, you're going to take some bull crap from the, from the military. So yeah. don't let, don't, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I, I would never do that because 
you know, you deal with so much crap in the military. And I hear that often too. Like you deal yeah. with so much bull crap in the military, which is true. Just understand the grass is not always greener on the other mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Um, so. I actually yeah. left um, when I was in the reserves. I, um, I worked for Merrill Lynch for a little while and uh, I was just so amazed at just how much they micromanaged you mm. and I just the requirements to just like stay in your little cubicle. And mm. like, I just, I didn't have the autonomy that I had even as like a specialist, right? Mm. Like I had more autonomy as a specialist than I did as this like entry level degree holding, you know, finance person. Right. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I, I was like, ah, nope, can't do this. I, <laughs> I was like, I, this is, this is terrible. Um, and so I think Dan's right. Like, I think a lot of people do think um, the grass is greener on the other side, especially for, at least I noticed it a lot, a lot out of my soldiers who came in right out of high school mm. and have never had a, um, like a real job, right? Like they had a job in high school, but like uh, an actual real job, they think the grass is greener on the other side. 100%. And then, you know, the ETS, they get out and then they realize yeah. that that's not the case. <laughs> not always. Yeah. Not, not always, right? Yeah, not always. Yeah, so. and I've, I've had that conversation before in here. Like, you know, perspective is helpful no matter where it aligns. And so if you had the perspective of being in the military before starting a civilian career, like you, that'll benefit you. But if you have worked the 95 life before the military, you might realize like, wow, the military ain't that bad. Uh, like, let me just stay here because this is way better than the life I was living, even though there's going to be crap you got to deal with. And life is basically like mostly dealing with crap you don't want to deal with, you know? So that's the reality of it. And it's uh, it comes down to the attitude, I guess. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So what is next for you guys i mean do you know are you, are you guys are at stewart for the foreseeable future or we've been planning nope. for about a year now man so <laughs> no yeah so um i think the plan is to leave next summer okay yes that's so, the plan the uh what we don't know yet is 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 where we're going we know where we want to go hmm. and so um i think this summer is about the time for us to start putting things in motion to gotcha. kind of um, to kind of get there. Um, but next up is going to grad school, going to grad school. Cool. Okay. So like a, an army, like war college kind of thing, or what does that look like? So there's, uh, some of the advantages, you know, uh, being in the military, they have this, um, this thing called, uh, the graduates, service Some, something like that but basically <laughs> oh, this is grad school option right and what okay. you do is you get to go to school for up to two years and get a, a degree in whatever you choose right um well, there's a list but it's pretty much any degree that you want to and while you're going to school, your whole job is literally just to focus on school any school it's, you want any school i want to it's completely paid and i continue to get paid as uh you, you tend to get paid at your rank right so um, you get paid the entire time and your whole job literally is just to, just to graduate, to focus on school and to graduate. Now you incur an additional service obligation um, after that. But if you're planning to make it a career anyways, who cares? Yeah. You know, yeah. and then you get that two years off to, to do something that 
to hopefully get a degree in something that you you find uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we're just marrying that with her with her uh, next duty assignment. So basically trying to get to the next duty assignment. We're trying to get to Fort Bragg. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll start we'll start really pushing hard for that over the next cool six months or so start writing, writing people and doing things like that. But, um, so we get to Fort Bragg and stay there for a lot longer. She's there. She has plenty of opportunity there. And then I go to grad school in the, in the, uh, uh, surrounding area, um, link up with my buddy, Mike, you know, got a lot yeah. of things there. And then also, um, once I get done with grad school, I can then go back to Fort Bragg, which is right there. Right. So, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's the plan right now in a nutshell. And um, we'll see. So again, again, like strategizing, it's like, all right, so we want to end up at Bragg. You know, Dan, you're going to do this grad program. But the more important thing is to get Karina stationed in the Bragg area and then you'll find your school. That, that's what it's going to be based off. It's going to be based off where she gets stationed, where we go to school at. But yeah. again, because you know, she talks to her branch manager. They have a very, very tight knit community. Their core is very, very small. Mm-hmm. Um, they typically have a lot of influence over uh, where they want, where they want to go. If it's available, it's there. And there's no shortage of, you know, JAG officers at Fort Bragg. They sure. got a bunch of different units. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that's, on. I don't think that's going to be a very hard thing to do. And if that happens, mm-hmm. then the rest of the things start to align and, and get put into place. Do you find that from, the army's perspective that they pull one of you more than the other. Like does when it comes time to moving you guys, does Dan's job pull him more than Karina's job? Or, I mean, is it not really matter because you're always strategizing and trying to figure out where you guys want to go and what's going to work for you. (laughs) So we got, we got the strategy and honestly, I, I, because so my core small as well, and I'm not going to knock anything bad about like, you know, my branch managers or anything like that. Sure. But I think we have a more, a more, I'd say a 95% chance of going where we want to, if she leads the way. So mm-hmm. if we get with her branch manager and like, Hey, can we get stationed in Timbuktu? Once she's there, because we have the military army couples program, right? My branch is going to try to make sure I station, you know, get stationed with her. I'm going to be like kind of, kind of priority. So mm-hmm. If we lead with her where we have a 95% chance of going where we want to go, then that pretty much means I'm likely going to be able to go, you know, where I want to go. So yeah, yeah, she's, she's she's the driver. (laughs) She's the driving force. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome. So you guys both joined primarily for the financial reasons. Do you feel like you've gotten what you joined for? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, so when I joined, I was a, I was double, I was double majoring in um, mechanical engineering and kinesiology. I wanted wow. to go like be a whatever. And coming in, it, it, it was not just the financial, it like, it was definitely the financial reasons why I went in. Mm-hmm. Um, but why I stayed um, was, was the job. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I enlisted as a paralegal. It was a job that, I just picked because I was like, well, this is way different than like my school, like my schooling where I'm just doing math all the time. Mm. Um, but I ended up like really loving it. Like mm. so much so that I was like, Hey, attorneys, you guys aren't doing it as well as I think I could do it. So I'm going to go to law school and, and do this. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, it's just something that I, I've, I've, I've turned into, um, a career because I just love it. Awesome. Awesome. I think, I think, um, I think we've definitely gotten what we wanted out to again on the front, on the back end. Um, 
or on the front end, excuse me, um, I originally went into enlist, right? Because um, I didn't know anything about officership. My, my dad didn't. You would think that, you know, my dad would be like, hey, you know, you've already started to go to college. You might as well finish it out, you know, go be an officer. And I'm not saying yeah. there's you know, one's better than the other officer enlisted, but there's definitely, there's definitely a, um, there, there are definitely differences uh, between mm-hmm. the two, right? Um, so when it comes to like purely financial reasons, we've gotten what we, we've gotten what we wanted to for the most part. Um, now being you know dual military and, and making twice the pay is essentially uh, we're able to take and fulfill what 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 my original goal was in joining the military was to eventually be a businessman, right? You know, yeah. so, um, so we're we're getting to that point where we're taking a lot of our earned income and putting into uh, into more passive uh, passive investments. So. Gotcha. What kind of passive investments are you? Because it seems like it seems like everything you guys do are, you know, it's as a team, you guys are super, you know, on the ball together and focused on everything together. So what are the passive investments that you guys as a team are working on that other couples, you know, could similarly be pursuing? Real estate. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's our that's our, our thing in, in, in building platforms off of real estate. Right. Um, I think that are, are one of the things that I, I noticed, not just with my parents, because again, my dad retired um, out of the military, but a lot of service members that I've run into so far, um, they're not taking advantage of their VA loans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are putting themselves in a situation to be like most of America, you're one paycheck away from from being broke, right? If you don't get paid, you're, 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 if you don't get paid that next paycheck, you're, you're being broke. Uh, there's not a lot of financial literacy um, in in the military um, spectrum, right? We, we, we don't teach finances a lot in, in the military. We don't talk about it at all, which is a shame because that's the number one reason for divorce. That's the number one reason for, you know, mental health. Not It's not the number one reason, but it's, it's something that can lo- uh, lead to, yeah, sure. stressors and mental health issues. Right. Yeah. Um, so I would say that, um, one thing that I, I, I want to see more, military members, not just couples, uh, do more is just become more financially literate. And, um, the way we've been kind of exercising that is by building a platform, talking to other service members about it, and then, um, also living it ourselves and and buying investment properties and, um, and, and, and doing those things. Right. So that's, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. I know, you know, we're, we're kind of fighting the same fight in that sense with your military cash flow podcast, uh, it, yeah, I mean, there, there's such an opportunity within uh, the military for young service members to really get ahead and use the benefits, use the time uh, and that early earning that most other 18, 19 year olds don't have uh, to really get ahead. And so I know we're, you know, we're on the same page with that. And uh, your military, perfect, military cash flow podcast is an incredible resource for all service members, really. So. Thanks. Thanks. And you're a perfect example of it, man. Like, I mean, I know you, you've come on our podcast, you've been a guest on our podcast and talked about your experience with, you know, duplex and, and, and how you're, you're navigating that and how you're starting to build wealth and how you've been building wealth. Um, and, and that's, that's amazing. The person that we interviewed this morning, um, was a former soldier of mine who, uh, t- took, um, who just introduced all my soldiers when I was in command, I, I, I um, gave classes on like financial literacy classes. I talked about the VA loan. Well, a few of the soldiers legitimately took that and they ran with it. So, nice. uh, so we just interviewed this morning, 
has two duplexes. She's living, or she was living before she deployed, or before she uh, PCS was living rent free, pocketing her BH and cash flowing all off of just a VA loan, yeah. all, all off of yeah. using a VA loan one time. And now yeah. she has two duplexes. She's cash flowing over two thousand dollars a month. Unreal. That's a game changer. Yeah, it is. E five. Yeah. That's a game changer. Well, now in yeah. E six. That's a game changer. You know what I mean? So this is the stuff that we like to like to push out. And these are the things, these are passion projects that uh, we're working on together um, at the same time, building our legacy. Right. Uh, we talked about planning and how we're, we're really big planners. Well, it's not just for the one year. We're talking about 60 years, 100 years. We're, we're trying to plan for 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 the future, not just my kids, but kids, kids, you know what I mean? So that's kind of what, uh, that's what life's all about, right? Trying to leave it a better place or set your family up, uh, for a better, um, and people around you set your, set your people up for better situations to come. So, yeah, I love it, man. Awesome. Well, I won't uh, take any more time your y'all's morning, just a couple of closing questions, uh, to wrap it up is, is the dual military life, something that you guys would recommend or encourage others to do? Only if they have a very strong support system. Okay. If not, it becomes extremely hard um, and probably not doable. Not doable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'd say the same thing. It it really depends on what your goals are and uh, what you what you want to get, what you want to do out of life. I mean, everybody's not built for everybody's not willing to separate from their kids for six months or just the military life in general, right? Not willing to do that. Now you can, you add that times that by two where both of the parents are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So everyone's not willing to do that. And that, that might create major stressors on certain couples if you're not in the right mental space. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I would recommend it if, if, um, if you're, if that aligns with your goals, right. Um, and you can definitely make it work. But uh, if not, and you don't have the, the the right support system there with you, I would not recommend it. Mm. So, good advice. Good advice. Awesome. Well, thanks guys so much for coming on. Uh, for those listening, where can they find more about you guys and what you're doing, and maybe connect with you? You can uh, you can find my I'm on IG, Facebook, and everything like that. Um, Dan Win REI. Um, and then obviously we have the military cash flow podcast, which Jason has been a part of as well. He's been a guest. Make sure you check out this episode. It's probably going to come out here in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, so definitely check that one out. And, um, yeah, just militarycashflow.com. That's, that's where we're at. We're helping service members build wealth and create cash flow through real estate. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Um, you can find me on IG at Karina Wynn. Um, also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Karina Wynn. That's it. If you have any questions about the dual military, like how it works, how to manage time, how to manage family, like what the, what the, everything looks like. Cause a lot of people ask questions about how the pay works, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to BH and stuff like that. So if yeah. you have any questions, feel free to reach out and uh, we'll be happy to answer those questions for you. Awesome. Or if you're thinking about becoming a Jag. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I, I honestly, I, I feel like I might have to have you guys both on the show separately like I could have kept on going and figuring out your like your stories a little bit more because you guys are taking advantage of awesome programs and like getting it all done while time in service completely paid for so yeah don't be surprised if uh, if you guys are on here individually and sharing your story because absolutely I love it awesome guys well thanks so much for coming on the show really appreciate it really enjoyed hearing your stories and look forward to diving in more in the future great times man hey it was good thanks times. for having thanks. us 
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Dan and Karina. Super inspiring. I love how strategically they think of their military career and really drive it where they want it. Uh, it's it's inspiring and pretty awesome. And I think everybody should be strategizing their military career. That's what it's about. And so if you guys want more information on them, definitely check out the Military Cashflow Podcast. Uh, check out Dan Wynn. Check out Karina Wynn on Instagram and reach out to them if you have any questions. So I'll see you guys next week.